Again, the reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, and we'll begin at verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Uh, it'd be really good to keep your Bible open there at Matthew uh, 11, uh, as we're going to look at it this morning. Let's pray before we do so. Uh, Lord, we thank you now that we have this opportunity uh, to have your word open, uh, to listen to it, to hear it, and to consider it. Uh, but Lord, we don't want this just to be a, a, an exercise of our minds, but Lord, we want uh, you to be at work in our hearts. So we pray, Lord, that you'd be at work amongst us uh, by your spirit, uh, that your word would strengthen us uh, and encourage us and challenge us. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I really enjoy Boxing Day. Uh, in fact, I, I feel a little bit bad saying this, uh, but I enjoy Boxing Day um, more than Christmas Day. And I'm a little sad there, there aren't songs about Boxing Day that we get to sing for a whole month uh, leading up to it. And it's, it's not just because Boxing Day is the day when the cricket starts. Um, as much as I like cricket and as much as I wouldn't mind a score update every now and then, um, it's not because this is the day when the Boxing Day test begins. And it's, it's not just because today is the start of Boxing Day sales and I can finally finish off my Christmas uh, shopping. Uh, you see, Boxing Day for me is the day when things start to slow down a little bit. Uh, all the craziness of preparing for Christmas, um, all that social busyness of, of gatherings on Christmas Day, things start to slow down a little bit. Things from the year are starting to wrap up and I feel like finally I can relax a little bit, finally I can have a bit of rest. Well, that's usually true until Boxing Day is a Sunday. <laughs> and then I look forward to the Boxing Day of Boxing Day, uh, which happens to be uh, tomorrow. My guess, though, is that many of us are in quite a similar position. Um, glad that maybe the rush nature of the last couple of weeks is over. Uh, hanging out for a little bit of rest and recuperation. Uh, some Herbic holiday days, maybe going away, some sleeps in. Uh, a chance to unwind from the pretty tough year. But I want, I want to ask us a really serious question. Uh, how rested will you be when life starts to pick up pace once again? After the next week or two or three, when life is starting to head something back towards whatever normal is going to look like this year, uh, how rested do you think we will be? How long until we feel like we need another holiday and another few days off? 
the reality is, is that many of us find it hard to get rest. Many of us find it really hard to unwind and to feel truly rested. I think we struggle with that on a, on a couple of levels. The first is that we, we struggle to find the soul rest that Jesus is speaking about here in Matthew 11. We struggle to know that and to experience that. And so secondly, because of that, we find that our rest is actually not very restful. It's not very well done. So today we're going to be thinking a little bit about this passage here in Matthew 11, and we're particularly going to focus on verses 28 to 30, where Jesus is offering rest to people who come to him. Now this sermon is actually the last in our Christmas series, uh, where we've been looking at those titles that Isaiah gave Jesus uh, in chapter 9, verse 6. And we're looking at the very last of them, the Prince of Peace. Because here, the Prince of Peace is offering us rest, renewal, refreshment. And not just the rest that comes from a couple of days off, but something much deeper. He's offering us a rest for our souls. Without which, physical rest will be difficult to find. So we're going to have a look at this passage. We're going to have a look at a few things. We're going to have a look at what our issue is, <laughs> why we need this, this rest. We're going to have a look at why it happens when we come to Jesus, why the Prince of Peace is the one who offers it to us, and what we experience when we know this soul rest that comes from him. So let's start, jump in and let's notice the problem as stated by Jesus. And it's there in verse 28 to start with. It kind of, the problem is, is that we are labored and heavy, heavy laden. We have a heavy yoke on our lives. Now, let me explain that a little bit because it, it may not be quite what we think it is. The problem that Jesus is saying is not simply that we have to work. Uh, work itself is not the issue. Work is actually very good. It's actually a very godly thing, and we'll, we'll look at that in a moment. It's not just that we live in a society with lots of demands placed on us that, it, that is busy. And it's not just that technology can mean that we're working all of the time, even when we're away from our place of work. Our problem is the way that work functions in our lives. I want you to cast your minds back all the way to Genesis chapter 1 and 2, where it tells us that the end of six days of creating, six days of working, God rested. Now, why did God rest on the seventh day? Was God tired? Uh, did God need to recuperate after that busyness? Well, not quite. He finishes off a pattern. A pattern where every day he creates and then stops. And he does that for six days. And then on the last day, he, he rests and he looks at everything that he has made and he says, it is very good. He ceases work and then he enjoys the work that he has done. 
He can stop and he can enjoy it. And in doing that, God gives a pattern for people created in his image to follow. Work and rest. Now that rest needs to be restorative. We do get tired. Unlike God, we, we do need to sleep and have a break. But that's not the primary purpose of the rest. The primary purpose of the rest is actually to enjoy the works that God has done. Now, just an important little aside here. What are we talking about when we talk about work? Uh, because it's easy to think of our jobs that we go to and get paid for as our work. But work in the Bible is actually much broader than that. Sure, it's the, <clears throat> the jobs that we have and the, the, the ones that pay us money. But it's also the work of relationships, of friendships and of, of marriages. It's the work of raising a family and serving in a ministry. It's the work of caring for the garden and looking after the home. It's even the creative works of, of music and art. It's the work of living obediently for God. All of this fits in the category of work. Work that is good, work that is given to us by God, and work that we are to rest from as well. But as we know, things don't stay the same, do they, after Genesis 1 and 2? Something happens in Genesis 3, and our work, instead of being a joy, becomes a burden. All of those things, doing our jobs, raising kids, working in the garden, living obediently, goes from being a joy and something great to being a burden, a heavy burden or a yoke on our lives. You see, the problem is, is that we have removed God from the picture. So instead of work being something that we do, being created in his image, like him, work takes on a new role in our lives. Because instead of having our identity in being the children of God created by him, our identity is now found in our work. We work to prove ourselves. Sometimes we work to prove ourselves to others and to ourselves. Maybe mostly to ourselves. What drives us in, in our jobs? What drives us to do well and succeed and, uh, and, and, and keep going? Well, often we want to prove that we're somebody. We're worthy. And we, we use our work to do that. Why are we weary and heavy laden? Because we're using our work to prove ourselves. And it never quite accomplishes it. Sometimes we're using our work to prove ourselves to God. We're people who are deserving of His grace and His love and His blessing. A little later on in the next chapter, uh, the Pharisees will criticize Jesus uh, for healing a man on the Sabbath day, the rest day. Why would they do that? Because the Sabbath had gone from a day to enjoy rest 
to actually another work, something to use to prove ourselves to God. Why are we so tired? Why do we feel so weary and heavy laden? It's because work has become something in our lives that it was never intended to be. It's become a yoke. It's become a way of proving ourselves. It's become something that it was never intended to be and we cannot bear. Some of us know that in our jobs, don't we? That drive to keep going and get better and to make more money or, or accomplish more. And it never ends. And we can never get off it. For some of us, it is the wearying work of trying to prove ourselves to God that we are good enough, that we've earned His love and His affection. And we never quite feel like we've made it. Well, if Jesus identifies this as the issue, then what hope do we have? What is His solution? Well, it's interesting, our, our culture has all kinds of solutions to this problem. Uh, it identifies it really clearly that work is an issue in our lives, and it's come up with lots of different things. One of the main ones it's come up with at the moment is actually distraction. Uh, distract yourself from how weary and burdened uh, you actually are. And so it's given us, and we've bought uh, this little device that sits in our pockets uh, that we use to distract ourselves all the time. We scroll through it thinking that it's restful, but all it's doing is actually distracting us from the weariness that we feel. Our culture, our society has also legitimized uh, this way of working or this use of work. Uh, it actually rewards us for working harder and harder. What, why is it that we feel guilty when someone asks us, how are you going, and we don't answer, I'm busy? Because it's legitimized this, this use of work to prove ourselves. But Jesus says something different. He doesn't say, scroll through your phone and you will find rest. Uh, he doesn't say, Netflix and chill um, and you will be renewed. He doesn't say, Find a less demanding job. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, in effect, this is entirely appropriate when we think about the biblical story because rest is always something that God gives. To people. Think about creation, Genesis 1 and 2. God sets the pattern, doesn't he? Six days, one day of rest. He gives us that rest. He puts it in the commandments as well. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest from it. He gives it. When Israel enters into the promised land, the promised land is described as God's rest, which he gives to them. And now Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. 
Rest for your souls. Rest for your hearts. Because Jesus, he himself, is the Prince of Peace. He's the peace bringer in the world. And he's the peace bringer in our lives. He's the one that can end this work beneath the work of proving ourselves to ourselves and proving ourselves to God. He's the one who came and through his life showed us that we can never achieve God's approval. We can never work enough for it. We'll never be satisfied if that's what we're aiming for. But he also came to show that we don't need to. He came to show that God loves and accepts people unconditionally. He came to, to, to suffer and to die for the things that keep us from God. He came to wash us clean from that. So that we could know God as loved children, holy and dearly loved in his sight. In coming to Jesus, we no longer have to prove ourselves to ourselves. We don't have to convince ourselves that we're someone. Because Jesus has shown us that we are children of God. Holy and dearly loved by him. That's the identity that we need. And that's the identity that he gives us. Our solutions to weariness usually start off with physical rest, don't they? I just need a better night's sleep or a sleep in. I, I just need a, a few days off. I just need a holiday. And all of these things, they're, they're important. They're, they're actually a really good Thing that God has given us. But it not, it's not where it starts. It starts with rest for our souls, which is given to us in the Prince of Peace. It's given to us in Jesus. Well, let's have a look at what he offers us then and, and what happens when we find our rest for him. The first one, we've talked about it a little bit already, we find rest for our souls. Now, what does Jesus mean by this? He means rest from the work beneath the work. <laughs> the work that we use work for, to prove ourselves to God and to prove ourselves to others. We find that when we come to him, we have this massive burden lifted from our lives. The burden of sin and of guilt is lifted and of fearing God and his judgment. That burden that we feel of trying to pay off a debt to God is gone. We find a lightness to our souls. Finally, the work of being right with God is over. It's done for. And as we draw close to him, and we keep walking with him in a relationship with him, we find that he reminds us and he assures us over and over again. 
all our restless hearts need is found in him and it's found in abundance. As we walk with him, he reminds us that we're loved and we have a place in his family. And even our sin can't remove us from that. As a part of restorative rest, restful rest, it's actually spending time with him. Spending time with the Prince of Peace who brings that rest to our souls. And he enables us then to find peace in a whole lot of areas of our lives. Even when it's stressful and busy and hectic and we don't know the answer. All those works that we have in our homes, in our jobs, in our friendships, in our families, with the housework and the gardening. We have one who enables us to endure and who hears our cries for help and who gives us peace even when it's busy. Secondly, when we come to him, he offers us a yoke that is easy. He offers a burden that is light. We might say, hang on, that, that sounds like more work. Well, in a sense it is. The rest that Jesus offers is not a holiday. It's not no burden and no yoke. But it's an easy one and a light one. And can I even suggest it's a joyful one. Because he gives the rest that enables work to be done right. As it was intended. As image bearers of God. As co-workers of God in his world. Our labor is an expression of us belonging to God and belonging to Christ. And so while it's going to still be tough at times and hard, we're still living with the curse, waiting for it to be completely undone when Jesus returns again. There'll be a lightness to that work. Because it will be done for the right reasons. This doesn't take meaning away from our work, but it adds the right meaning into it. It adds a lightness to the burdens that we feel. Works of obedience will be works of thankfulness, of gratitude to God. Not always easy, but a joy. The work of those whose hearts are at rest. Not with a harsh taskmaster standing over us, but with a faithful, loving Savior who is gentle and humble in heart. Who promises that when we're walking with Him, we're finding rest for our souls. Many of us are looking forward to times of rest, and so we should. I'm looking forward to the Boxing Day of Boxing Day tomorrow. But what we want to recognize is that beneath that, we're longing for soul rest, eternal rest, the real rest that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, offers to us. Let's pray to him, shall we?
Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for this incredible reality that in, in you we find rest for our souls. In you we find that all the longing and the striving and the straining, all the things that we were working so hard for are, are actually freely given to us. Gifts of grace rather than things to be earned. Lord, as we live in a culture, in a time where uh, everything tells us that we, we need to earn what we get, um, help us to appreciate and realize that you offer such a wonderful free gift. Help us, Lord, to view our work rightly, uh, not as a way of proving ourselves, but as your image bearers, uh, your co-workers, in this world. May we know the joy of an easy yoke and a light burden. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to uh, sing. We're going to sing of uh, all that we have been given in Christ. Uh, the hope, uh, the peace, the joy, uh, all that comes in knowing him. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip us with every good thing that we may do his will, working in us which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.